Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuccinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to week 20. We are in the middle of May already. Whoa, so quickly. Pam's going to let us know all about the week starting Monday, the 16th of May. And then I will be back for our 10-minute meditation. And um, how's it looking, Pam? Oh, it's looking like a lunar eclipse. As I was talking last week, Uh, about the eclipse which actually occurs eastern time at 12 14 a.m monday the 16th but i was talking about it last week because depending on where what time zone you're in of course it would happen uh earlier or later but since the recordings are always about Eastern time, which is easy enough to adjust in today's world, just look at your computer or phone. Um, What happens with this specific eclipse and this eclipse season in general that runs through a series of eclipses, uh, right now we're experiencing the ones that happen at this Uh, leaning into summer but we'll have other eclipses coming up in the year Uh, what they echo back to continual cycles and the last cycle was 2004 and for some of us we're going to recognize oh that was going on this year for others it's like huh what was that a year of note Uh, And they happen roughly every 18 years and change. So when we're in an eclipse cycle, one thing to look at is the historic way that it rolls out. And one of the themes for this particular cycle is all about transformation and commitment. And it's especially heightened this year because the nodal axis is in Scorpio Taurus. And if you know anything about that kind of energy, one of its themes is that Scorpio is about ideally transformation and um, irrevocable change that's in its ideal manifestation people with a lot of scorpio energy i always say live many lifetimes in one if they're paying attention otherwise they're just got their pincers in a scorpionic grasp until the death which is not the best manifestation of scorpio energy ideally we're moving more towards the eagle the long view the sense of 
overall, not only survival, but how do we thrive? And then the phoenix being reborn from ashes and what no longer works. <clears throat> and so this particular eclipse cycle is an invitation for us to look at how do we transform, rework, recycle, recreate, pull something out of what has to go and let come into the world the new energy. So it's difficult. I mean, we see around us the world, people in the throes of resistance to inevitable change. And it's not graceful what we're watching and dealing with. And yet it can be tremendously moving, upliving, uplifting, and life affirming. So Depending on your relationship with this energy and what's going on in your life, this can feel like a tremendously tumultuous or what do I have to give up time? And the thing about whatever it is we feel we have to give up or move on from is that unless we do that, there's residual or being stuck or being uh, pulled back into whatever the old energy is. So we want to move into the new energy. So the ideal of this point in time is to look at, because a lunar eclipse is when the moon gets lit by the sun. And in this case, the Taurus sun is lighting up the full moon in Scorpio. But because it's an eclipse, we have a, um, I guess there's different ways to say this, but how I look at it is what's happening with the lunar eclipse is the earth is moving in between the relationship of the moon and sun. So the earth through its orbit is right in between this full moon energy. So what's happening is that sun in Taurus is lighting up the earth with Taurus energy, but it's also lighting up that Scorpio moon, but with an interruption for what's going on on the earth. This Taurus sun is lighting us up because sun is ego, self-orientation, what appears to be obvious in the solar world. So it's lighting us up with all that Taurus value stuff which is possessions, it's fossil fuel, it's uh, wealth, it's our bodies, the actual physical relationship we have here on earth as ephemeral as it is. And so many of us, unless we're just totally in our own little bubble, many of us have been feeling acutely our mortality, the finiteness of what can happen here on this earth plane between 
the pandemic and war in Ukraine, uh, issues with what's going on with power and money and finance, all these themes. And in the United States, of course, we have the whole blow up controversy about uh, women's autonomy and what happens with that, with laws and uh, religious overtones coming into a governmental body, which is supposed to be free of religious influence. These are these are challenging times on the Earth-based plane. But meanwhile, that Scorpio moon. <clears throat> is showing the way to transformation when we move beyond the sense of what it is we know and are so attached to that we can move beyond what seems to feel like a death because that's what happens. You ask anybody old enough who's been on this planet and if they've been paying attention, they've been through death experiences, maybe not an actual physical death, but loss of job, dashed dreams, broken heart, loss of beloved, divorce, financial ruin. People have experienced things that have them move beyond who they thought they were to who it is they are now. And for some of us, this is not a welcome transition. And yet, as a people, as a, as a planet, as a species, human beings must evolve. It is beyond time, pressure cooker energy. And 2022 is one of those high boiling point times, especially around eclipse season. So we will continue to see revelations that come through at this eclipse point. Some of you may have already experienced this or have an inkling to what I'm talking about. And the thing about eclipses is they present us with a doorway, an opening, a perspective, a revelation, a upset, a, I mean, it's, it looks different for different people, depending on where it's hitting you exactly. And it may just be an overall theme of things that are in the news and how they indirectly or directly affect you. What matters most is what you do with the information, what you do with the epiphany or revelation or invitation to change, to grow. And so the most essential part I feel about our decision-making at this point in time is what is it you're committed to? What is it you believe in, in your heartfelt most secret self and what is it you want to bring into the world and at the full moon 
you know, once we pass and we move into the waning moon cycle, we're in this place of, so what needs to get off the table? What is it I have to move beyond? What is it it's time to finish with so that I can move into what it is that I really need to make happen? So the moon enters Sagittarius at 7.50 a.m. Monday morning, the 16th. And once it's in Sag, we're in really um, high octane energy to burn through, make happen, and create whatever it is where we've come to an understanding about. And some of you may be listening to me and thinking, I don't know what the heck she's talking about, which is absolutely fine. <clears throat> Because uh, especially a lunar eclipse can be subtle. It can be like you wake up from a dream and you think, what was that? And what's important is to pay attention to symbols. I mean, what do you see? What do you observe? What's speaking to you? What's call calling to your eye over the next few days? What's encouraging you to walk down that path, open that door. And these are things that really do help us gain momentum in a runner's streak towards whatever it is we are pushing through, aiming for. Keep in mind, Mercury's retrograde. So once again, it's, it's we can't meditate enough, reflect enough, uh, gain perspective enough because that's what gives us more information, more insight as we do that over the next few weeks. And eclipses run for a while. They have a uh, they have an impact, and then they have a way that they pan out and experience other. We experience other things. And the points of where the eclipse energy happens has a rollout to it as well. So it's not like everything happens this week, not at all. It's more what you address and do in that slow burn energy. Remember, this is fixed sign eclipse energy. It's about the um, what I think of the Scorpio Taurus energy is it's where we take the dead stuff and we create fuel or we, um, we plant something new. So there's a focus to it. It's the, <clears throat> it's the peat that is found in the bog and then creates, you know, is able to be made into something that creates bricks, roofing, or the um, the residue, the compost that goes into the soil, and then we grow new stuff. It's not an overnight process, but it is about valuing what has gone and making it something new. It's uh, it's the wealth we find deep within. And that's revealed to us 
when we're willing to go into the dark spaces. So when the moon is in Sag, then it's like, oh, okay, I was in the dark. Now I'm running with my torch and I'm, I want to burn through, discover, find more. And that's fine, except make sure you communicate effectively, make sure everybody's on board, make sure things are understood. And these can be highly productive. Um, this can be actually a really productive week. But um, Monday, high productivity, especially if we're making sure, you know, nothing's assumed and we're, we're really clear about what's being said. Tuesday, another high productivity day. Here's what we want to pay attention to as we get into the later evening. Tempers can be very short and things can be confused. So this isn't a good combination for like uh, self-medicating or uh, not really paying attention to where you're going or what you're saying. It is a very good combination for listening well, um, understanding if anger is coming up, where it's coming from, and finding ways to, um, to diffuse it or dissolve it or to move it. It's a wonderful evening for really deep restorative sleep. And so I think it's really terrific to put your intention, uh, something symbolic perhaps near your bed or whatever your dream wishes are put that um, um, move through it a good sleep exercise before you go to sleep is to check in with your body see where all the any tension might be and identify it it's like oh I've gotten a knot in my shoulder what happened today that maybe that knot is is caring and remember whatever it is that maybe was some sort of upset or or tension or something hard and then think about that just sort of dissolving and relaxing and remind yourself there's nothing I can do about this now but when I wake up tomorrow I will be restored and in a different place energetically and I release 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 and just allow that to move in a way that gives you um, the really deep restorative sleep that can be so energizing for the next day. The moon actually goes uh, void, of course, at 11.59 p.m., night of the 17th, and then it enters uh, Capricorn at 8.02 a.m. on Wednesday. So that morning may be a little slow moving, really great to do some exercise, uh, have in mind what it is you're doing throughout the day. Uh, really good to have planned that out the day before the moon went void. But once it goes into Capricorn, now we're in whew, full steam ahead, uh, just really working that energy to produce, produce, produce. Uh, most effective if we've made decisions and we don't get detoured because the morning may present us with, well, what about this? Or can you add this to your plate? Uh, prioritize, can't emphasize that em enough. Uh, when you prioritize well, 
uh, Wednesday, Thursday, really high productivity days. Um, remind yourself on Thursday, if you're one of those people who get into this Achilles heel place of feeling like you're getting shortchanged or you're not being able to get your needs met, remind yourself that you are going to meet those needs and you can make that happen. And it is just a feeling that is going to pass and it will. And so we're in this really nice groove space uh, late afternoon through the evening of just getting things done and moving through projects with uh, lots of flow. The moon goes void, of course, at 8 a.m. on Friday the 20th. And then enters Aquarius at 8.53 a.m. Once it's in the sign of Aquarius, we are really in good booking energy as well. This one thing that's fascinating to me in this waxy moon cycle after the lunar eclipse is for those of us who've done our homework and know are clear on what we need to do and work through, so much can get done this week. It's a real powerhouse week for finishing things up, um, clearing the decks, getting things in place for what comes next. With all the turmoil and confusion and anger and upset that's in the world right now, I think that many of us can get clear on what we can do most constructively to help, especially once we pass through this last eclipse. And then we can just put our feet on the ground and start making it really happen. And that's what really impresses me energetically about how this can pan out. The sun enters Gemini on Friday the 20th. Uh, moon is in the air sign Aquarius, and it just is booking her along, like networking, connecting, um, shaking hands, uh, making things happen. On the 21st, be aware that things can kind of come out of the blue, like seemingly out of nowhere. And instead of uh, getting derailed, you just, you know, land on your feet, just work with whatever's presented to you. If it's a surprise or it feels very unusual, that doesn't mean you can't um, sidestep it or work with it and maybe even use it to your advantage. The most important piece of this is to not be thrown by what you didn't see. The moon goes void, of course, on Sunday at 3.19 a.m., which many of us will be sleeping through. And then it doesn't enter Pisces until 11.49 a.m. So uh, it should be a really nice, lazy Sunday. Uh, get things in order, figure out where you're going next, what you're doing next. Once the moon enters Pisces, then we're in really yummy, delicious energy for creativity, things that are therapeutic, meditation. Uh, this can be a highly transformational healing day. It has a picture in the sky between Mars and Pluto, which actually is a harmonious combination. And 
those two planets, when they're working together, can literally change the landscape. It's it's quite quite profound, but it works best when we are not afraid of the outcome, when we hold to whatever the vision is and are not afraid of having to change and transform because always remember this it's the ego that is afraid of change the part of ourself that knows it's going to die as we go through a personal renaissance or uh, resurrection or new experience. But what invariably happens is we find other places of self and a deeper knowing of ourself and life is better. And now I turn it over to Susie. Thank you, thank you. And let's jump straight into our meditation. I invite everyone just to take a 10-minute little pause. Let's try and sit still and come into a place of stillness, come into a place of quiet. And as we do that, just beginning to Breathe a bit slower and find yourself relaxed. And let's tap in now to that place in ourselves that we call the ego, that we call the personality, that we call the I. And just notice if you feel yourself that you have a nice, strong, healthy ego that is aware and self-aware. And healthy means really that we are more or less also aware of others and others' egos as well. And if we're a little bit too strong in the ego, then that's something we might want to temper a little bit and bring back to a healthy state. And uh, uh, an ego that might be a little bit too strong is one that, that considers themselves more important than anything else and might be a bit of a, a strong one, too strong. Or we could be on the other side of the horse and be someone who has low self-esteem, has um, not a really developed sense of ego. And what we find too is that quite often we can waver. We can waver through all of those situations depending on where we're at in our life and what's happening and, and what, seem, what things seem to intimidate us or make us fearful. So it's a it's a spectrum like everything in life there is a there is movement and there is change but we usually can spend most of our time in one place and we all know where 
we spend our time. We all know ourselves fairly well by now. So just identify where you are and how you're feeling and just notice as you're doing that, just notice what is the the ego, in fact, what is your ego, what is your I, the me, what is the me really afraid of when it comes to change? And change is, of course, a very big word because, in fact, everything is always changing. This is the very central concept in, in Buddhism is that everything is always changing, that, the, that we are impermanent. The ego is impermanent. The world is impermanent. And there is nothing that we can actually find, really, as we point to different things around us. There's nothing that we can really point to and say, well, that's permanent. It might be permanent for millions of years or it might be permanent for the tenth of a second. So our understanding of, of change, of permanence and impermanence, is a really great place to, to think about and to meditate on and, and to always work into a meditation that what am I holding on to? What am I fighting for? What am I grabbing for? what's really important and how much of it has to do with an idea of stability or an idea of permanence, an idea that this is good, that this won't change and this will remain the same. And there is almost a false sense of security in that. But what we can be absolutely sure about is that this life will end, that every single human being on this planet, human being, will die, that every single human being on this planet was born. What we are sure of, absolutely sure of after birth, is that we will die, that this body this particular set of conditions that we're living in, that these will change. These will always change. So as we can look now in a different way perhaps at our fears, we can perhaps look at them and understand them from a different perspective. How do I locate myself? How can I feel in this world about myself when everything is changing, when the systems that we have been living with for years and years start to change, when the people that we have been living with for years and years start to change, when we, the person that we have been living with, for years and years starts to change. What happens when we approach the world more as a moving wave, as something that is always changing 
but something that we anticipate will change. What happens when we approach life in that way? Perhaps even understanding that there are cycles, definitely. There's things that are predictable, but there's also things that are not predictable, at least from our point of view, from our human point of view. What happens when we can really open up our life in a way that leaves space for change? And when things do change, we adapt, we can use it as a motivation for ourselves, we can find all of the changes that are happening as we go deeper and deeper into understanding ourselves and the world, as we go deeper and deeper into even the darkest recesses of our mind. And we find that we can perhaps discover more, learn more, expand. We find that we can perhaps learn how to swim a new stroke, how to walk a new walk, how to talk a new talk. Perhaps we can learn even how to breathe in a different way, how to move everything open to change, to adaptation, allowing these times of tremendous upheaval in the world and surely more to come. We can use these times as a gift to renew ourselves, to grow wings, to perhaps grow some extra feet <laughs> so that we can wander around the world symbolically, of course, with those extra feet and wings and find more of our world opening up so we shift our perspective, shifting our perspective so that we're allowing more space for adaptation, more space for change, more space for exploration, more space to know ourselves and more space to know the world. And with every single change, thank you for the gift. Thank you. Gratitude expressed deeply, that we're not locked in, that we're not in some prison cell of the mind or the body, but that we have these opportunities to always be open to this boundless existence, this exquisite, precious human life. Taking a few deeper breaths and feeling ourselves. Gently breathing in, breathing out, opening our eyes and opening to change. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll be with you next week. Thanks so much, Pam.
Love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.